If you were to pick a black housewife to join the cast of Housewives of New York, which one would it be? My answer is, are you ready for this? I'm ready. I'm ready. Azealia Banks. I'm ready to go home. (laughs) You ready? (laughs) It's Roseanne Thorns. Hey, love bugs, and welcome to another episode of the Rose and Thorns podcast. I'm your host, P. Ryan, and listen, we all need a little break from the hustle and bustle of life. So I decided to take a jump out of Atlanta and come down to the country, Augusta, Georgia, home of, what's her name? Sutton from Housewives of Beverly Hills, to come visit my good friend. Everyone, welcome. I'm super pumped to have her on here, Miss Sabrina. I'm so happy to be here. So happy to have you. And the fact that we're here, COVID is going on, the world is going to shit, but we are able to sit here. We were sipping champagne and now we're doing a little makers and ginger. Yeah, it's got a little whiskey ginger moment in the country. It's It's very nice. (laughs) We're living very luxe at the moment. Happy to be here. Happy to have you out <laughs> in the country having a good time. It's very on brand. On brand, yeah. <laughs> Just a little weekend away. A little, something, a little holiday, you know? <laughs> Speaking of holiday, tell the people about yourself. Okay, um, so this is interesting to say. So, um, I am just a girl who is daring to dream, I guess. That's a good way to put it. Um, I recently have quit my job, my day job, in the middle of a global pandemic, which is very scary, um, to move to Europe. Mm. So that's kind of where I'm at now. Anything else about you? <laughs> um, I mean, I feel like you should ask me questions. Well, like, we start the show by doing an introduction. <laughs> <laughs> that's my introduction. Okay, uh, that's hi, good. I'm Sabrina. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm interesting. That's it. Okay. Well. <laughs> Just to give the people a little background, we met each other in undergrad, um, but we just shared this off air. We don't know how we met each other. We don't remember our meet. Our I meet feel like you. I met you through Olivia, our good friend. Yeah, we love Olivia. I. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Maybe. <laughs> oh, I don't remember. I wish we had like some cute story that was like. You were doing this, and I said that, and mm. we don't. I just feel like one day you were just in my life, and, then and that I was loved it. it, Yeah, and you were never gone. And, and I, I think so alcohol was involved. It. 100%. Probably. If it was an undergrad, 100%. I <laughs> that. <laughs> and from that, we've had other alcohol-fueled moments, like the only time I've been to New Orleans, Louisiana. <laughs> my thirsty ass. Oh, that was so good. That's a good story, though. Okay, yes, we did a weekend trip yes. in New Orleans. And my thirsty ass wanted to go because it was the Q convention. I'm unlearning many things in this moment. <laughs> and I was like, are you trying to go? And you're like, bitch, yes. And we went. And you see, thirst really gets you nowhere because you wound up getting all the dick. <laughs> And I it got wasn't nothing. even it, but it wasn't Q related. That's the thing. No, you said you found a Q. He was like a doctor individual. Oh, the doctor. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. So you got non Q dick I mean, and Q dick. I had options. And the only dick I got was the one that I purchased and bought. I mean, you know what they say? There's no limit in New Orleans. So. Well, I didn't even touch no limit. a limit. Okay. <laughs> I didn't start. We, we need to do it over. I'm down. We need to do it over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But can we just say, can we say this on the record that um, this is controversial, um, but Cafe Dumont is overrated. 
Yes, the oh, beignets. It's it's funnel the big nets. If you've it's never had cake. a beignet before, it's, it's funnel, funnel cake, cake babe, in a different a, form, in a different shape. Mm-hmm. It's funnel cake. And I don't know who's drinking <laughs> hot chocolate in that heat, but it wasn't me. So be prepared. Prepare yourself before you wait. And a lot. We were there in the middle of July, sweating. I, you know, <laughs> I was, was sweating. It was a <laughs> nightmare. <laughs> and we waited in line at Cafe Du Monde for funnel cake in a square shape. Mm-hmm. And, and we could have gotten that at it. the boardwalk. We sure could have. Okay. So, before you go to New Orleans, just know that. <laughs> just put that in your pocket. Now, <laughs> as you guys can already see, or sorry, I'm trying to unlearn um, binary language. So, as y'all can see, we have had many adventures. We go back a long yes. time. But yes. the reason why I wanted to have you on the show is, as you mentioned... You're making this transition to the UK. By the time this episode is released, you'll already be settled in doing your thing. And I really just wanted to bring you on to affirm you, to celebrate you, to say that I'm so proud of you for making this move in a pandemic, of all things. Yes, a global pandemic. Plot twist. So as we talk about, (laughs) this is going to really be an episode about transition and, you know, life changes that come, whether it be abruptly, with a plan, what have you. Let's start off by just asking this question. What brought you to this point of moving to the UK? Other than 45. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a lot of people... Okay, I just want to address that first because a lot of people think it has so much to do with him. And it really doesn't mm. at all. Mm. Like, yes, he is a problematic monster and I want to escape his reign. But there's just like so much more to it. Um, you know, when I first got to London specifically, where I'm moving, um, this was like 2018 and it just kind of, when I landed there and I'm walking down the street with my suitcase going through like probably like Oxford street or Piccadilly or something like very basic in Maine. But when I was doing this, it just felt really comfortable. Mm. And for me, I've never had a place that felt like home to me and like a little background. Like, so my dad is in the military and we moved every three years. So I don't have a hometown. Like I don't have anywhere that like, I'm like, yeah, this is my hometown. This is where I go. So for me, it was just really something to feel at home somewhere. Mm. And for some reason, and I don't know why, but like when I went to London, I felt at home. And the more I stayed there, the more I connected to that. And and leaving there, I just longed for it. Like yeah. on the flight back, I was like, okay, how do I go back? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I met a guy while I was there and we were in a relationship and I had this idea that I was going to move there with him and we were going to be in love and all this. Well, that didn't happen. But, you know, <laughs> I dropped the guy, but I still was in love with the place, the city. And so I still was like, okay, I need to figure out how do I make this my home because I know that it is. Mm-hmm you know mm. and so for me it was that like it, i had it was it's my heart home like i just had a connection to it that was deeper and i just it was my goal from that moment like september 2018 it just became my goal of like okay how do i get back there and by february 2019 i was single and on the relationship with this guy that i met there and i still was like okay how do i get there so i had to make that happen yeah 
This question is going to be a little abstract, so please just roll with it okay. and let's see if we can make okay. it happen. <laughs> One word that I that keeps coming up is that word home. Mm-hmm. What does home feel like home? for those who are trying to figure out yeah. home? For me, mm-hmm. home feels like I am at complete ease. Hmm. I'm not anticipating any moment in the future, and I'm not thinking about any moment in the past. I'm so good with being in the present. You're in the present, being mindful. Yeah, and that's how I feel when I'm there. I don't know why, mm. but when I'm there, I'm so, I have so much enjoyment of being just sitting there, whether I'm at a cafe, whether I'm at like a pub at night. I just feel very like so in tune with the present moment that mm. I feel a sense of ease. And for me, that feels like home. And that's coming from someone who doesn't have a hometown. So that might be really different for other people, right? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. for me, as someone who's kind of like a nomad in a way, for me, that feels like being at home. I love this idea of something, some place, some entity making you or kind of facilitating a space for you to be more present. Yeah. Uh, it's just what's coming up for me is how many of us go through the hustle and bustle of life without ever being in a space that makes us feel present and mm, finding that. Yeah. And even getting to a place where we have the awareness to to say okay, this makes me feel I wish present. I knew I wish I knew how to find that, like mm, unlock it. Mm. Because I don't and like I felt it and so I know that it exists, but I don't know because I feel like it's such a different it, it's so different for everyone. Yeah. And so for me, traveling abroad brought that to me because For me, traveling abroad meant a lot of things. So one, as a black woman, you know, who comes from a family that the generation before me, like, didn't go to college or anything like that. So it's like, we didn't come from a space where traveling abroad was a reality. Hmm. So even that in itself is like, oh my God, this is a thing that I'm doing, Mm -hmm. you know? And then being a black woman who, you know, the women in my family, we come from a long generation of housekeepers, um, which I feel like if we dig deeper is probably slaves. Mm. I don't have the receipts, but I feel like that's probably true. Yeah. And so for me, any moment where I can be a lady of leisure is not only foreign to me in in an ancestral way, But it's also a moment of clarity, like, we're here. Mm. And so, you know, when I was in London, or even in Paris, and I'm, like, drinking wine and chilling, and I can see the Eiffel Tower in my viewpoint, Mm -hmm. it's just, like, a moment of kind of, like, you can exhale now because you're here. You're kind of fucking me up. Because... (laughs) Can we can we go even faith based? Yes, sure, yeah. That moment of being in the UK and manifesting this life of leisure is breaking generational curses of 100%, captivity. Yeah, hundred percent, and that's why mm. I I love the phrase that like I'm my ancestors' wildest dream mm-hmm. because I really feel that I am. Mm. I know, like I know my roots. I know my roots are here in Georgia, you know, and I know that my mother was named after the woman who my grandmother like she was there um she kept their house Mm -hmm. you know 
And so it's just, it's kind of very present, even mm-hmm. though it's deep for me. Mm-hmm. And so the more that I explore in a place where I can just relax and exist, I know that is something for them. Mm. Oh, I'm shook. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I, I really am. Yeah. Because, you know, I didn't share this with you, but especially in this moment, you know, I'm in Atlanta wrapping up this this doctorate. I'm always reflecting on the lives of my four parents mm-hmm. and how being in this position is probably greater than anything they've ever yeah. conjured up. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Oh. And I want to add too, like I'm going, mm. I'm moving to the UK because I'm pursuing my master's degree. Yes. So I want to add that in too because it it's a part of the story of just like how far we've come. And I just mean my and how family. many curses we've broken. My, yeah, I just mean how my much family. liberation we've brought. Yeah. Like I am the living proof of like wow, we've we we have come so far. Mm-hmm. And for me, like that is something that it doesn't weigh light on me. Mm-hmm. But I love it. I embrace it. And, and you know, this is totally off script, right? We had a conversation literally like two seconds ago um, about money mm-hmm. and how there's so much more to life than money. And mm-hmm. I think your story, your narrative, your 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 description of how you've taken your family to this place, mm-hmm. not once have you mentioned money. Mm-mm. And so for me, like what's coming up is this reminder that progress for black people, progress for for our families. Mm-hmm. Yes, money can make it can be a, a signifier. Yes. But I think there are so many other things other than money. Yeah. That yeah. show that we really have taken our tribe to yeah. a different level. It, for us, it's like when you do things, and I think it, this is true for a lot of people of color in general, just because we come from places that are, uh, we come from states that are just oppressed. Like we start at foundations that are below the, below where other people are starting, let's mm-hmm. say. And so when we do things like this, really, we do it for our family. Mm-hmm. Really. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. it, it changes things there. It, it stretches things. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it breaks the mold. Broadens perspectives. Absolutely. So when we do things, whether we think about it as just, you know, living our best life, doing what we want to do, following our dreams, though, but we change the conversation for our family. Yes. And it's a lot. I mean, it's a lot. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's amazing that we get to do that in our lifetime. We do this for our families, and we do this for ourselves. And, and the reason why I right, want to highlight that right, is because yeah. you shared with me a story. And, of course, all of this is happening today. We cooked a <laughs> fabulous meal, you all. We did. And while we were cooking that <laughs> meal, you shared with me the story of how you moving to the UK really is a manifestation of your younger child, your inner child's yeah, dreams. Please yeah. share that with the people. Yeah, okay, so... When I was 16 years old, so this was almost 15 years ago. Hi, I'm 30. Hey. Um, (laughs) So when I was 16, I remember having this conversation with one of my friends, and I just was like, yeah, you know, I mean, if I'm not married or I don't have any kids by 30, I want to move to Paris. And there was just something about, like, being 30 and moving to Europe 
that felt like not only did it feel like a good like time and space but it just felt like something i'd be doing for me Mm -hmm. and even at that age i knew and and i think that it's interesting that i mentioned that i wouldn't have a husband and kids because i knew it was for me Mm. even at that age Mm. like i knew that that's something i do for me and to be here and to be 30 and to be doing that you know it just it feels really surreal but it feels almost like it was already written like mm-hmm. it was it just feels like it was me like i knew mm-hmm. like and you some, just walked into it yeah absolutely like something about 16 year old me like i just knew i was i just knew and it's it's so crazy because it's like it to me it feels so like powerful and mm-hmm. impactful but I feel like I'm like walking in, in my purpose and I'm walking in like the path that I'm supposed to because it was just written, you mm-hmm. know? So with that in mind, what has this moment taught you about manifestation and life's possibilities? Life's possibilities are so incredibly endless. <laughs> so endless. I think that like we have to be so cognizant of what we say and what we speak over ourselves. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Cause it matters. Like it matters. Mm-hmm. It really matters. And like the tongue is so powerful. Powerful. Yes. Yeah. Life and death. Yeah. It's so powerful. And so we have to like, we, we have to be so cognizant of what we speak over ourselves. And I definitely spoke this so, mm. so long ago, but like I spoke this and it just shows that like we have to pay attention and we have to be thoughtful and we have to be you know we just have to be aware of what of what we say about us Mm -hmm. and how we talk to ourselves Mm -hmm. and i think manifestation is real it is a real thing it is a powerful thing and so just be mindful of how you use it Mm. because it's real Sounds like there needs to be some some sort of intention. Yes, intention is so intentionality is key. Mm. Like you have to be intentional with everything that you do, and I don't think intention has to be difficult. I don't think it has to be like this hard thing that like me. Because I think when you say oh be intentional about what you do, it means like we have to like think so carefully about what we do. But I think the thing with intention is intention is about the end goal, not the in between. I think. So I think if, more. Yeah. so I think if our intention is at the end of the day I'm going to be here or do this then I don't think what happens in between matters as much because you'll get there. Mm. And I think that when we think like you have to be intentional about your actions we make that sound like I need to think about what I eat for breakfast. Like we feel like it has to be so minute. But I don't think that it does. I think that if you have the end goal in mind with you and you keep that with you, then like the steps in between don't matter as much because you're going to get there. But you just have to have that kind of North Star. Mm. You have to have something guiding you at the end of the day. But all of the in between doesn't, it's not as imperative. And so like, don't get so hung up on that. Have something in mind at the end. Have a North Star. Have something you look and you see that it, you know, in the forefront. Child, I received that. And I know you bless somebody because you surely bless me. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm glad. Mm-hmm. I'm now, glad. with all of that intention, with all of that being mindful of the words that we speak, mm-hmm. what do you think, just in your perspective, 
gets in the way of manifesting what we want? What gets in our way? We don't think we deserve it. Goodbye. <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's the thing, though. It's hard. Like it's hard to manifest when we feel so unworthy. And I think we do too much. And sometimes we speak, you know, just with the culture that we're in, you know, from the, the Twitters to the Instagram to all of it, mm-hmm. we speak and perform. Mm-hmm. Perform. Like that's we, so key. Like, yeah. we, like we feel like we deserve it, right? But that there's this inner negative yeah. voice that says, yeah. no, yeah. I'm lying. Yeah. We say it and we don't believe it. And that's the difference. It just mm-hmm. doesn't work. Like manifestation has to come from a place of absolute belief absolute belief otherwise it's just words it's just words it's just words a clanging symbol yeah it's just it's nothing and so like but a lot of people don't think a lot of people don't think they deserve good things you <laughs> i'm ready to go i love you i'm about to cut this whole country trip <laughs> short you hear me back it up okay <laughs> it's true unfortunately it's Ugh. so true and why do you think that is? I think because so many of us are told we we're not. You know, I think from different from di- outside, yeah, mm-hmm. all over the place. There's you can't pinpoint it. It's not one thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's with with any kind of like identity we have. The influences of identity come from everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's not just your parents. It's not your daddy issues, your mama issues. It's not just your faith. It's not just your friends. It's not just TV, music, media, whatever. It's just, it's a combination of all those things, right? And so there's just no way to pinpoint it. Um, but I think that we come from a society, especially in our country, that makes us feel like we have to earn everything Mm. and when you feel like you have to earn it then that means you have to put in work for it which means you can't just have it but so many of us have so much without like so many have gifts talent grace whatever like so many of us have so much Mm -hmm. but we don't access it because we're told we have to earn it even though we already have it and so when we have it we're convinced that because we didn't work for it and it just comes innate to us we don't deserve it absolutely so we feel undeserving oh i'm sick (laughs) i'm sick that's true that's all the people need let's go back to your business right because I'm here with you. Again, we're celebrating you. You are about to make your way to the UK. <laughs> While we celebrate this this great transition, you know, yeah. the haters will say that all of this <laughs> blessing, all of this transition is actually an avoidance strategy, right? So many times uh-huh. we see, you know, I moved to Atlanta from Philly. You're yeah. moving from Georgia to the UK. Mm-hmm. So many people, you know, their blessings are kind of highlighted when you see an, a physical shift happening mm-hmm. but those from the outside looking in will be like well what are you running from what mm. are you avoiding what are you trying to escape right mm, okay. and so i want to just put the question <laughs> on the table if anything what are you running from and then add it in that regardless of, of what you're running from what are you running toward mm. okay yeah well um I'm not running from anything 
because I know that everywhere I go, there I am. I'm there. I'm really sick of you. <laughs> like, I'm going to just let you know today. But it's okay. It's okay. Keep going. Keep going. I mean, it's true, though. Like, I, look, I can't run from anything. Like, every problem that I might have is going to follow me everywhere I go. Like, it's, it's a part of me mm-hmm. until, like, I deal with whatever it is or face whatever it is. Like, it's me. So, like, you can't... Moving a location, moving into just a simply different house or whatever, a town, city, country... You're, you're there. Mm-hmm. You're going to meet yourself there, no mm-hmm. matter what. So if you're not dealing with you, it's going to be the same situation, just in a different area code. It's the same thing. Heard you. So for me, I'm not running for anything because I know I'm meeting Sabrina when I get there. So it don't matter. Yeah. <laughs> it don't matter Down to the I UK. Okay. Down to the UK. It don't matter because she's going to be there. Heard you. Hey, girl. Heard you. <laughs> there. What are you running toward? Adventure. Yes. Yeah. Yes. We need even black women need adventures. We don't have no adventures. Like I want adventures for us. I want us to. We need to have our eat, pray, love moment. Like we don't get to have that mm. <laughs> enough. And for those who do get it, society doesn't highlight it, so it makes it seem that yeah. it's not there. Yeah. And it's and you're not deserving. Yeah. Going back to that of Exa- it again. Yeah, not deserving. So like, I just want to have adventures. I want to. I mean. Hopefully, COVID-19 will, you know, hopefully we get a vaccine and all these things. Okay, because I got places to go. We got places to go. I got passport stamps to get. So I'm hoping all these things, you know, will will be in a better place, um, in a safer, healthier place. And, you know, I want to travel Europe. Like, I want to go everywhere. I want to go to Portugal. I want to go to Morocco. I want to go to... the south of france i want to go like everywhere i just want to go everywhere that i can go and get as many passport stamps as i can get just because mm-hmm. like you know i want adventure i want to meet new people from different places who speak different languages and eat new foods and see new things like that's all yes. it, that's all oh i love it <laughs> this may seem like an abrupt detour but i mean that's just the way this show works and i feel like i can't have you on the show without talking about you know you talk about us having gifts your gift Mm -hmm. right your gift is marketing (laughs) and you know i've seen you throughout these years that we've known each other work in different marketing capacities even just market yourself on the socials like i'd be hitting you up one day like girl how you got all these twitter follows what you doing (laughs) what are you talking about right you one thing i'm gonna have to put on this public media record (laughs) you have a constant beef with chrissy teigen (laughs) oh god (laughs) (laughs) i'm dying because you consistently call her a cyber bully Okay. Oh, man. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so let's just dabble, like really, just a quick intermission to talk about marketing. Okay. Right? Yes. What pulled you into that sphere? Marketing is a place you can story tell. Hmm. And I don't think people think about that. And I love to story tell. Ever since I was like a little kid, I was like writing stories, telling stories myself. And so, I for me, 
like marketing took shape as a space where yes i'm selling products or services or whatever but i also get to make up stories around them mm. because when people buy into things like you know not only do they buy into what it does like in a functional capacity but they buy into what it brings them you know you buy a bag because it's going to bring you a lifestyle you see on instagram shout out to telfar oh, I know making I the mine. lifestyle accessible i got mine thank you what color <laughs> i got the cream i got the ox blood you know <laughs> little sun sun uh, but yeah, i mean you buy into things because you want to buy a part of what that represents and that's a story really mm-hmm. so i got into marketing because i realized that like it was a perfect ma- like marriage of my business savvy and my love to tell a story mm. Looking at the culture of branding and marketing right now, right? Everyone is kind of showcasing their personal brand Mm -hmm. on social medias, whether it be through Instagram, whether it be through Twitter. Mm -hmm. What is a branding pet peeve of yours in this moment? (sighs) There's a lot. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I would say definitely like don't, don't, um, I don't know if this is overselling or what, but just don't say that you know how to do things you don't know how to do so don't lie <laughs> don't lie don't front. about it yeah don't front keep it a hundred i want to put a hundred emoji like a <laughs> hundred no cap like all that <laughs> i just because people the thing about it is it's so crazy is that people will put in their bio that they do all these things strategy content producer and then when you're looking for strategy they don't they, they looking don't, for it too yeah <laughs> heard you and i feel like let me tell you something there are resources so like google free youtube free there's google has like some kind of program where you can like sign up and you can learn classes there's coursera you can learn classes on linkedin gold for like a few bucks a month you can learn courses like there's just so many resources where you can learn how to do things that you're lying about learning knowing how to do so (laughs) so just learn it first because people are going to come to you with resources they're going to come to you and they're going to be like hey i want you to build this website i want you to strategize this content for social and so when people can't do it they can't rise to the occasion because they're just lying Mm. and so like that's my pet peeve with like social media branding it's like it's so easy to just say all these things and post pictures and make it seem like it's a way and you don't have anything to back it up and so like i just wish more people would invest in building their skill set that's rather than building the the pictures yeah the skills because like you know the the outside the shell of it will come but like the skills is the money like it's not survival of the fittest it's survival of the most adaptive so if you have skills you're gonna go far so like get skills get skills not likes get skills i'm (laughs) screaming inside that is gold that is gold what do you want to see more of when it comes to branding what is something that you're really just drawn to and that you're just like yes more of this I'm drawn to like authentic branding. I think we like see how other people are doing it, so we do it the same. Like especially on Instagram, like we see how certain people like the colors that they're using for their photo presets and whatever, whatever, and we just kind of like do it and we copy it because it becomes very formulaic at that point. So we know like, oh, the people who do this work with the most brands. They do that, but I actually feel like that's not it. I think that being just being authentic, like being yourself 
having a feed that looks like what you want it to look like and not following some formulaic of these are the kind of pictures that get the most likes. Let me pose like this. Let me take a picture with this preset and let me put, you know, I feel like we have to get away from kind of making it so uniform because it's almost like you can see pages of like five different people and you can't tell it's five different people you think it's the same account like it's just getting mm. to the point where it's like we are losing so much originality because we're following formulas that we think work but i think that it's like just do your thing like do you like whatever that is people will appreciate that like post how you want to post do what you want to do take pictures how you want to take them and i think that people will appreciate that I want to see more originality. Love it. Love it. <laughs> uh, thank you for that intermission. Yes. Let's jump into, so we talked life. We did a little intermission. Now let's talk relationship. Ooh, okay. The unofficial title of season one of Rosé and Thorns is the essential work of life and relationships. Mm. And we can talk dick all day long, right? It's, it's <laughs> one of my favorite topics. Hi, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> but... Instead of talking about men and instead of talking about your love life, I would really love to just talk a little bit brief, uh, talk a little bit about your relationship with yourself mm-hmm. and the journey that you've taken to being whole. Now, mm-hmm. I've known you for quite a few years, mm-hmm. and we recently spoke um, via text like a couple weeks ago, and one thing you highlighted was, you know, you're just in such a different place. And what I will say to you, you know, that I didn't share with you via text is that you didn't have to tell me that because mm-hmm. I saw it. Oh, well, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> and I just am so curious about what brought you to this place. And even while we were cooking, you highlighted something that you were reflecting on. And you said back in the day, you felt like you needed chaos to signify that you were living or that you were actually, mm-hmm. you know, moving and shaking. Like, chaos needed to be present. Mm-hmm. How did you get to this place of not needing chaos? So many thoughts. Okay, first <laughs> of all, okay, I'm so glad you said that. I feel, I love you, and that makes me feel all the feels inside. Yeah. <laughs> um, therapy, 100%. I'm such a proponent of therapy. Mm-hmm. Like I, you know, I was blessed enough to be in a position where I had insurance that would pay for me to go to therapy. Speak on it. So please make sure if you have insurance with your job, make sure you go to the insurance website right now and check if they cover mental health. Mm-hmm. 100% because I didn't know my job did it first and then I looked into it and they did. So thank God for that. Um, and so I started going to therapy two years ago. And it has changed me in the best ways possible. It has really just brought me to a place where I feel like I don't need all of the external things to feel like a person. And that is is so big for me. And I want to touch on you talking about the chaos. Like, whether it was dating or just day-to-day life, I used to feel like I needed... Action. I needed chaos. I needed drama. I needed something to fuel me because it made me feel stuff. And by feeling things, then I felt like it was kind of validating my ex- ex- my existence. Mm. Not knowing that without feeling severe emotion, you're still alive. Mm. Like you're still you're fi- you're alive. You're fine. You don't like you don't need 
sadness, pain, or extreme joy, happiness, excitement to be okay and to be alive and to feel. You can be in that middle path. Yeah. And the middle is really comfy and it's, it's cute. okay. It's a it's cute a, space. It's a cute space. <laughs> and I didn't know that for a long time. Like, I wanted to be in extreme so bad just to feel anything. Because mm. I lacked that so much. I lacked even connection to myself mm. a lot. And so, for me, that was a comfortable place to be in. And I had to unlearn that. And I learned that. I love my therapist. She's amazing. She's so fantastic. If you live in Georgia, hit me. I'll tell you her info. She's fantastic. But, you know, going through that helped me unlearn so many of, like, the just the toxic beliefs that I held very near and dear to without even knowing it. Like, I didn't, I didn't consciously hold near and dear to these things but it just kind of became a part of the fabric that was me because i was so comfortable in it yeah yeah Mm. (laughs) i'm okay with just sitting in that okay yeah you can sit in it okay how do you perceive chaos now i don't want it I'm old. I'm hunting. I heard you. Peace. Baby, I'm 30. I'm we need tired. Pe- peace, good food, relax. and good dick. That's all we need. <laughs> I want to put my feet up. Okay. <laughs> I, don't want, I don't want them to touch the ground. <laughs> so now for me, chaos is, is a deterrent. Um, it's something that I don't desire at all. But also, too, I just come at things with a different mind frame. I've learned to be very solutions-based. Solutions for me personally, just help me get out of chaos the fastest. It's like my life raft. So if I can find a solution to whatever's going on around me, then I don't have to stay there. Mm -hmm. So whether that's like chaos with a a relationship or a chaos with an actual like a situation or whatever, like it's so important for me to take five and be like, okay, what can I do and what can I do right now? Mm-hmm. And learning how to like take that five and take that moment, not only has it reduced the chaos that I feel, but it's helped me not feel so, um, I guess, like just vulnerable in chaos and just feel so kind of wrapped up in the middle of the tornado. Mm-hmm. Like I don't feel that anymore. Like when things come up, don't get me wrong. Like we, I, we all have our off days. Don't get me wrong. Like I definitely have had panic attacks backing up to move my life to another Heard country. You. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's not as severe and it's not as often. And I know I have a choice. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. I think that before I didn't know I had a choice. I knew this is how we react to these things that happen and that's it. Period. So you deal with it. Something is really coming up for me right now. Yes. Because <laughs> you're talking about your relationship to the chaos and, and not wanting it, looking for solutions. You said, you know, whether it's in life events or if it's in relationships, mm-hmm. the thing that's coming up for me is the word friendships. Mm. And I think so many of us are okay with the chaos and live for years with chaotic friendships. Mm. That's a word. Because we spent such a long time with these people, because we are bonded in XYZ sort of way, I still have to call you my friend, I still have to take the BS, I still have to live in something that feels chaotic Mm -hmm. because of all that I've invested. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What is your take on that? No. (laughs) That's it. Um, No. Hi. No. 
you know, it's, it's okay. So I think that, um, time is a mother effer. I don't know if we can curse on this, but time, you can. time is a mother. Don't fucker. let the holistic it talk is. fool you. Okay. <laughs> it, it, it makes us, time has a funny way of making us feel that we owe situations certain outcomes. Whether that's, oh my god, I've been friends with the person so long, like I can't just, whatever. Or I've been in a relationship so long with this person, I have to. But that's not true. Time is nothing but time. It's a measurement. Hmm. You know? So it's like, we really have to like kind of leave it there and leave it on the floor there. Like, I've known you for 10 years. Okay, I've known you for 10 years. That's, that's a fact. It's fine. It's a measurement of time. That's fine. And that's it. It does not determine where we're at in our relationship, where we need to go in our relationship, or what we need to do in it. So what determines that is the relationship, the quality of that, how I feel with you, how you feel with me. Is it positive? Is it negative? Is it toxic? Whatever, whatever. That is what matters. And I think that people have to unlearn so much looking at the time of things. And once we do that, then we can get to the foundation of, okay, is this a bad person for me? Or is this a good person for me? Or whatever. Mm. And that's going to look different for everybody. But I think that for me and my personal relationships, I had to make a decision when letting go of relationships that were like not serving of me or that were toxic, I had to make a decision of what I wanted this to be to me, regardless of how long I've been in it. What it what did I want that to be for my present and my tomorrow and how was I gonna go about that? Mm-hmm. And so for me, I come from like a firm belief that my friends are joy. Friends are joy. So friendship should bring me joy. <laughs> like it shouldn't stress me out. It shouldn't make me sad. It shouldn't be drama for me. You know, like friends, I connect friends so much to like happy times. Mm-hmm. Fun. Mm-hmm. Fun. And it's not to say that they're without moments of conflict. Right. No, it's but yeah, by it's and not, large. Right, right. It's all about it's all about what is consistently happening. Mm-hmm. So like I, you know, I don't think that no, my friends don't need to make me joyful all the time. That's not realistic. But it's like most of the time, what is happening? What is the what is the consistent pattern here? Mm-hmm. And you have to look at that. And like, if it's not good, okay, then it's time to reevaluate. Is this friendship something that I need to keep in my life? Mm-hmm. And so like, that's something that I have evaluated. I don't have toxic friends. I got rid of them. Mm-hmm. I don't have any. And in getting rid of them, because I feel like somebody listening needs yes. this. Okay, yes. Did you need a conversation? Yes. Some, well, sometimes. Uh, get into sometimes. it. Sometimes. Get into because, it. Because, okay, for some of my more toxic friendships that I had, they were so superficial that they didn't notice I was gone. So, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, they were just people that were really fly by night and I could just simply stop responding to texts and engaging with them on social media and they didn't even notice Mm -hmm. um for other people though like for some people i think it did take a conversation um and i think that i think not all conversations are conflict and that's what we have to realize with communication i think we think as a society sometimes if we talk to anybody about anything we're confronting them and that's not necessarily true because i can talk to you about something that's real and that's happening and that doesn't mean I'm confronting you or I'm having a confrontation with you. It means I'm communicating with you. Mm-hmm. So I think that we 
we have to sort of let the guard down about that and about how we bring things to people. Um, so in my personal experience with relationships that I found were just kind of toxic and unserving, um, I was able to, I would say, like, just fall back in a way, you know, and understand that the people that have issues with you having boundaries around yourself are people that were taking advantage of the boundaries. I have to go. <laughs> it's, it's a little late in the It's almost 1 a.m., but I feel like I need to go back to Atlanta. Thank you so much. That's it. That's, <laughs> That's it. it. That's it, sis. Close it. Bye. That's all. I still think there is someone on the fence. Yeah. With figuring out their relationship with chaos. What final word would you have for someone who's just struggling, feeling like they're always in chaos, not really knowing how to get out, not really knowing what the first step is, not knowing what to do? Well, first realize you don't owe them. Like you don't have a debt to pay to anybody. And I think that that ties people so deeply to other people. And I think that for, with anything, like creating boundaries, with anything like that, it is hard as hell at first. That's the caveat we don't say enough at first. So the more you do it, it's like a muscle. The more you do it, you get stronger in it. And it really it becomes easier. And I want to say that creating boundaries with people becomes easier the more you do it. Mm-hmm. So you have to keep doing it to get there. And so it is very hard. And I understand that it's hard at first to create boundaries with people who are toxic in your life for people who are just a negative influence in your life. It is very hard to create a boundary with them. But once you do it, you commit and you continue to do it, it does get easier because then you start to realize, you start to feel the peace that lives in that. You start to feel the peace of no. Yes. And once you feel it, you don't compromise that no more because you is the best feeling. <laughs> like you don't let that go. Yes. Once you feel peace and real peace, you don't compromise it for anybody. And so you have to get there first. Mm-hmm. And it takes time and it takes work and it's difficult and the situations are so various depending on the person, the relationship. Because it could be it could be your own family member. It could be your mom. It could be your dad. It could be whatever. You know, your lover whatever it's you know it's so various but the truth is that it is a it's a muscle it's a skill you have to keep doing it to get better at it it's hard at first it's hard for everyone at first you're not alone in that but once you once you do it i promise it gets easier and it's an easier thing to do and once you feel what peace is like on the other side you don't want to go back and that's it. That's it. That's it. I appreciate you for coming on Thank and sharing you your perspective. Me. Such a <laughs> blessing. Before we wrap this show up, you know, there's always a section um, of Rose and Thorns called Spin the Rose Bottle. Ooh. We have spent this entire time <laughs> with me asking you question upon question upon question. You now have the chance to ask me one thing. It can be juicy, it can be dry, it can be nothing at all, and we'll move on. And I have to give an answer. Okay. My question to you, Patrick, is Are you proud of yourself? Yes. Why? 
one question. It's like that. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Simply put, because I'm that girl. <laughs> I think about, you know, we talked about family. I think about how hard my family has worked and how the work that I've done has brought just our tribe a little bit further. Mm-hmm. I think about, you know, the more difficult times in my childhood when, you know, my peers would see the fat, they would see the queer, they would see the femme presentation and try to pinpoint that as weakness. Mm-hmm. And I took all of that, embraced it, and turned it into literally my life's work. Um, I think of the gentlemen in my lives who have seen different things and try to take, take, take and not give, 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 right? And even in the moments when I thought that that would break me, here I am and I don't know where they are. Ooh, that's a word. Right? Okay. Um, <laughs> and then even just the other things, let's go beyond just like struggles, right? Just where I am right now, I asked you earlier, and this is something I ask all my friends, you know, how is your heart? And you said full, and that is what I am living in right now. I just, there's fullness, there's abundance, oh, there's this. there's healing, there's boundaries. Hello. Um, there's we confidence, right? <laughs> living in Atlanta, there's confidence. There we go. There's dick. <laughs> there's a lot of There's that. a lot of dick. It's plentiful in Atlanta. Am I proud of myself? <laughs> yes. Why wouldn't I be? I love that. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm. That's all I got. Everyone, this has been Sabrina Dunn. Are there any things you want to plug? Any social medias? Any projects? Any anythings? Um, you can follow me on Twitter at s a b b y d o u x. Sabizu. Sabidu. And this has been another episode of Rosalie and Thorns, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. I will see you next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to Rosalie and Thorns, a P. Ryan podcast. You can find Rosalie and Thorns on Instagram and Twitter at Rose and T Pod. That's R O S E N T P O D. And you can find P. Ryan on Instagram and Twitter at I am P. Ryan. That's I A M P R Y A N. See you next time.